Amen. I'm thankful for the downpour of the Holy Ghost that God has given. Amen. I, for the preparation of the heart. I hope you'll give me just a few minutes. Hope you didn't shout all your energy out. Amen. Can you give me just a few minutes to preach the Word of God? Amen. Is anybody hungry for the Word? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God has confirmed some things in my spirit already during this service. Amen. The enemy did not want a move of God tonight. I promise you that. Amen. God is faithful. God is powerful. Amen. I'm thankful to be a saint of the Most High God. Just remain standing with me if you got your Bible. John 7 and 37. It's so good to have everyone here. So good to have Sister Betty home, able to be in God's house. Amen. Amen. Praise God. To have Jane and Jaya. God bless y'all for being here. Amen. Terry Brooks. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Amen. Have my older brother, Sonny Motes, here. God bless him. Amen. Praise God. It's so good to have Jesus in this place. Amen. I don't want to have church without Jesus. Amen. John 7 and 37, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Amen. The middle of the 38th verse, out of his belly shall flow. Everybody say, shall flow. Rivers of living water. Amen. I want to preach for just a little while if you'll help me from this title, The Flow. Amen. The Flow. Set your Bibles down and lift your hands to the Lord right now. Ask God to help us right now. Oh, we need you, God. Thank you for every time you've ever helped me. Every time you've ever touched me, God. Every time you've ever strengthened me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. I'm, I'm trying my best not to preach for very long if you'll just help me for a little while. Amen. Praise God. But I I prayed and sought the Lord all day long, and I, I want to help somebody, amen, get into the flow. <laughs> amen. I remember going from uh, elementary, Westside Elementary, over to the other school in Cabot. It was the junior high, and, and all of a sudden I was, what are you, about 10, 11 years old, and they give you this little map. It says in first class you got to be in the A building, then second one the J building, then you got to go to the H building, then the cafeteria, and then back 
And I just remember thinking, having a little bit of low-key anxiety, <laughs> thinking, how am I going to get there and do all this? And, man, and always after I did it a few times and got into the flow of how it worked, then I was always uh, a lot better off than you're there a couple of years and you go to another campus and they do the same thing to you. Your locker's a mile that way and your first class is a mile that way and then your second one. And, I, and it, was just, it was just a little anxiety until I got into the flow. And then I figured it out and I was good. Amen. I want to preach today about the flow. And the scripture today begins by saying in the last day. Everybody say the last day. This last day of the feast was called the great day of the feast. And this feast was the feast of booths where we get where we would call a phone booth. It was just a little, a little building. It was the Feast of Booths or also called the Feast of Tabernacles. And it is described in Leviticus 23 that they would have this feast. It was a celebration of the harvest. It was a fall festival, you could call it. It was after the crops were taking up and it was uh, to thank God for all of His blessings. Amen. But it was also a reminder of how God had brought them out of Egypt into a promised land. And so during this eight-day feast, it went from a Sabbath and the whole week and then another Sabbath. Each family would build a little thatch roof. Booth is what it was called. And they would go from their nice homes and they would live in these little bitty uh, booths uh, for eight days. And if you can imagine being... Uh, bless like they were and then go uh, live back in primitive type uh, housing. It was a reminder that to them that God had brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. But during the journey, they lived in these booths. They would take these little booths and go from place to place. Amen. And it was a journey from Egypt to Canaan. Amen. It was a wonderful reminder of where God had brought them from. Amen. And the timing is so interesting because the feast of booths was always occurred right after the harvest. Amen. I want to tell you that a harvest or blessings will sometimes make you forget where God has brought you from. Don't you know God has perfect timing? Amen. God has perfect timing. And at the end of the harvest when their uh, barns were full of wheat and their wine presses were full of grapes and full of olives and all the blessed crops that they had, God said, I want you to leave your nice house and go out there and build you a bamboo, whatever, thatch, roof, little bitty house. And for eight days I want to take you back in time and let you remember what God brought you out of. Ain't that beautiful? Ain't it beautiful that God said, I don't ever want you to forget what you were like before I brought you through that door. Boy, I feel like preaching to the church right now. Amen. What will get you in trouble quicker? is forgetting the things that God has done in your life. 
And that's why God said, I'm going to take you to a land that flows with milk and honey, but I have ordained a feast. And it's going to be after you're sitting there looking at your big barns. After you've counted your paycheck, you're going to go get your igloo tent and you're going to go out in the woods and you're going to rough it like your grandpa did. You're going to rough it like your... You're saying, leave the air conditioner on. Let's not get all crazy now. Praise God. God's timing is perfect. Hey, man, let me. I'm trying to hurry right now. Y'all ain't figured it out yet. Hey, man, let me tell you, a great time to humble yourself is when you've just had a wonderful harvest. A great time to humble yourself is when God has poured out miracles on your life. Come on, church. Come on, church. I'm telling you when you need to be praising God. When God has blessed you coming and going. uh, When he's done miracles in your life. uh, He's given you beautiful things. uh, Beautiful families. uh, Barns that are full. Hallelujah. I love how God works and the things that he ordains. Amen. But I, I want to preach to you also that if you feel like you're living in a booth right now, praise God. Well, praise God. Maybe nobody is. Maybe you're living in a spot where you're in transition out of Egypt. Maybe you feel like you ain't got every blessing that you need yet. Let me tell you, there's a whole lot of testimonies sitting in this church right now that are right where you're at uh, that we're fighting the same devils you're fighting uh, fighting the same fears you're fighting uh, but guess what God uh, carried them through uh, well as he carried you did he heal you uh, did he make a way uh, did he put food on your table did he put money in your pocket Oh, there ain't nobody got a right to praise him like the children of the light. Uh, Man, thank God for the journey. Man, but thank God when we get past a few things. God does some miracles in our life. So this feast was a reminder Amen. We're praising God for the harvest. You think we could do two things at one time? Do you think you could praise God for the harvest? And at the same time, remember where he brought you from? Come on, can we think about two different things at the same time? You want to stop up your well, just get single-minded and Get your eyes on what God's done and forget about everything else. And well, praise God. Praise God. Some people got so many things they can't even come to church. They got so many motors, they, they got to change the oil and all of them, they can't even make it to church. Got so much business, they can't even come to church. 
got so many clothes, they sit at home because they can't figure out which one to wear. So many shoes, they're late for church. Praise God. Amen. I'm thanking God for the day I had one pair of shoes. I'm, I'm thanking God for the day when I walked through the church doors and didn't have two nickels to rub together. And my world was upside down. Uh, and they came and took my house. Uh, and they took my truck. Uh, and they took my weed eater. Uh, and they took my lawnmower. And there I was homeless. Uh, but I had the Holy Ghost. Take this whole world. But give me Jesus. Oh, it feels good in the house tonight. I said it feels good in the house tonight. Another part of the feast that was added later on was to commemorate the thirst that they had in the wilderness and the giving of water that happened at the rock Horeb when Moses smote the rock. Amen. So they added this later. Another Part of the feast was they were going to celebrate the fact that when they were in the wilderness and there was nothing to drink. Praise God. We almost had a crisis tonight. Two little waters and we were out. Amen. Thank God for that Toyota out there. That's got 375,000 miles on it hauling that water for me. Amen. It's warm, but it's good. They added this part of the feast. We want to thank God. We remember now, not only were we living in huts, but we were thirsty one day, and there wasn't no water. And God spoke to the man of God and said, if you'll smite that rock right there. Praise God. You got to listen to what God says. Because sometimes he says, smite the rock. And then tomorrow he might say, speak to the rock. And if you hit it when you're supposed to talk to it, or talk to it when you're supposed to hit it, God, give me an ear to hear what you've got to say. Hey, we can't be, we can't get in such a rut that we got to do it the same way every time. Moses got in a rut. The first time God said, smote the rock, and the water came out. Well, the next time God said, you speak to it. He just got the stick again. Well, guess what? He got in trouble with God. Well, hallelujah. Y'all can be seated. Amen. Praise God. Hey, you can't, you can't put God on a program. I'm going to tell you, it ain't going to be three songs and a sermonette and walk out. If God wants to blow the whole place up, you let him blow it up. He wants you to sit down and get preached to. Let's sit down and get preached to. 
If he wants a fast song, bless God, let's hear a fast song. If they want to sing the old rugged cross, if that's what God wants, let's... On a hill far away, honey, there was an old rugged cross, uh, the emblem of suffering and shame. Uh, Hey, God, whatever you want, I want the water. I want to flow. So they added a part to the, I guess you could say to the feast. And they would begin to commemorate the day that Moses smote the rock and water came out. So on the last day of the feast, at evening time, this is what they added to it. The priest would go to the pool of Siloam, which was healing waters. Everybody say healing waters. And the priest would get water and they would pour it out at the altar. And this water would begin to flow from these little golden vessels And it would flow down all the way through the town. And as this water would flow, it would make a stream. And it would be more and more. And it would be poured out. And the people that were in the lower areas of the city, they would be able to see the water that was flowing. And this water that was flowing represented uh, not only uh, commemorating the water from when he struck the rock, but it also... It was a a sign of the Messiah when he would come and pour out his spirit. This water would represent this. And so these priests would take uh, the golden vessels on the last day of the feast at evening time and they would just begin to pour water and water and water and 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 they're telling them this this represents the outpouring of the spirit. And, And as it went down into the lower places, the people would begin to gather on both sides and they begin to watch uh, this water go by. And in their mind, this, this ritual, this thing that symbolized the outpouring of the Spirit became uh, almost, uh, to them, almost like an idol. Amen. Uh, God, help me to preach right now. Amen. I, I love symbolism and I love things that represent things. Uh, amen. But when our symbolism takes the place of what it's supposed to represent... I said when symbolism begins to take the place of what it's supposed to represent, you're into idolatry then. Amen. I love to take communion. I love to drink the juice, eat the bread, and it's a great feeling. It reminds you of uh, the the blood and the body and all that, but I'm not going to take it every service. The reason I ain't going to take it every service, I don't want to look at the symbol. I want to look at him. Praise God. That, that's how you get into idolatry and you end up praying to idols and praying to saints and praying to things that represent other things. Uh, hey, I just want to look to God. Uh, amen. I don't want to cut through the water. Uh, cut through. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord right now in the name of Jesus. Help this church right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And as the people who were in uh, these conditions would watch the water go by and, and they watched and they yearned for what that water actually represented. 
Amen. The concept is the same uh, concept that Ezekiel talked about when he said there was water that issued out of the tabernacle. Amen. Out of the temple. And I, I want to tell you where it started. You know where it started? At the altar. The water, the flow began at the altar. At the Feast of Tabernacles, they're pouring the water out at the altar. And it begins to flow out. Ezekiel sees the vision. And the water is coming out from the altar under the threshold of the temple. And it begins a little bit. Everybody say a little bit. And then it gets more and more and more. Amen. Praise God. I I hope you understand that the night that you went to the altar... And you've waited around in the little puddle of water. And you felt a little bit of the Holy Ghost. I pray to God that wasn't the deepest experience that you've ever had. Chew on that for a minute. I pray to God that the night you got the Holy Ghost wasn't the depth and you got more shallow after that I pray to God you got deeper and I'm going to preach to the church right now can't stand church where people get the Holy Ghost and never do it again never get another touch Never get deeper. That that is completely out of the will of God. You hear me? That goes completely against the teaching of this scripture right now. At the when the priests were pouring it out, it was just a little puddle. But as they kept on, it got deeper the further it went. When Ezekiel saw it, it was just to the ankles at the temple. But when he kept on walking with the man who had the rod in his hand. It wasn't very long. It got up to his knees and then up to his waist and then it got to where he could swim in it. Well, tell me about your Holy Ghost experience. Well, you're the Holy Ghost in 2014. Well, tell me about what's happened since then. Well, I got a touch one time at the camp in Gatlinburg. Oh, God. God, get us in the flow. You know what's so funny about this? I'm mad at flow right now. Y'all know that. Progressive lady, she ain't doing me right right now. (laughs) Right before I come out of the prayer meeting, flow called me and they're... Or her representative, they ain't doing me right on my claim. I thought, you know what I'm preaching about? I'm preaching about the real flow. (laughs) I'm going to preach about the flow that's done me right. This Holy Ghost has been good to me. From the day I stepped in it, it's been good to me. It's treated me right. Come on, I wish somebody lift your hands right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Amen. So now the crowds are on both sides and they're, they're watching this symbolic stream of water. They're watching the priest pour it out and they're watching the little stream go by. And, and that's doing something for them. That's all they got. And, and, and they're thinking, one of these days, the Messiah is going to come. He's going to pour it out. What they didn't know, the Messiah was at the feast. He was standing there. And he was watching them. Look at this little stream of water. And they're like getting a real blessing from watching a little creek flow by. And he's standing there. Amen. The fountain of living water is standing there at the feast. He had all he could take. Praise God. Why does that preacher get loud sometimes? Because sometimes he's had all he can take. He's standing there at the feast and he's looking at people that are so hungry. People that are so empty. People that are so thirsty. And, and, they're, and they're living off of symbolism. God help the church. God help Christianity. Well, don't you see? I got a cross. I wear my cross thing. Got a cross there and got a cross in my house. Don't tell me about the cross. Thank God for the day that that happened. Tell me what the cross did. Tell me about the blood that was shed. Tell me how you applied the blood. Tell me about the night you got baptized in Jesus' name. Tell me how you laid down on the altar and you crucified the deeds of your body. Tell me how you apply this to your life. People are living off of sacraments and symbolisms and Going to church and passing juice every time they walk through the door and looking at crosses and looking at idols and looking at statues and everything except what will change them. Jesus is here standing there looking at them and they're looking at the water. And the Bible said he began to cry. Praise God. He, he stood up and he started hollering. Well, I don't think church ought to be loud. Well, you ain't like Jesus. I think church ought to be real reserved. Well, you don't like Jesus, church. The day the church started, there was a mighty rushing wind. A mighty rushing wind. The first church service, a tornado come through it. A freight train came right through the first service where church started in a little upper room on a day of Pentecost in Jerusalem. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Honey, it was loud. Honey, it was wild. Honey, they were drunk on the Holy Ghost. 
Tell you, when you get it, you're going to be loud too. You might be the loudest one. You might be the wildest one. You might be the real holy roller. I don't think we got one in this church yet. We got jumpers and runners and people that scream and beat drums. I'm waiting for somebody to turn into a bowling ball and start knocking them pins down as they go. Praise God. Well, I don't believe in all that. Well, I do believe in all that. He said, he begins to cry out. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Praise God. Amen. Did you hear that? If any man thirst. Amen. You, if you're not thirsty, you'll never get this. If you don't want more Jesus, you'll never get more Jesus. It's preached about hunger Sunday night. And I'm preaching about thirst Wednesday night. I think God knows what he's doing. Amen. I, I, I want to tell you, church, there's got to be a desire, first of all. Praise God. You, you ever heard this old saying, amen, you can drag a sinner to the altar, but you can't make him drink? That's why I ain't in the dragging people business. Well, hallelujah. I said I ain't into the dragging people. So don't worry about me dragging you anywhere. Unless God tells me to drag you, then I won't drag you. You can't stop me then. It's going to be on. Praise God. There's got to be a thirst. Hey, church. If people don't want it, you can't make them have it. Just let them do their deal. Amen. But, but when there's a thirst, nobody's got to explain that. It's like self-explanatory. When somebody's thirsty, they're going to find something to drink. They ain't got to tell you, hey, I'm a little thirsty. They're going to be trying to get something to drink. Everybody say thirst. Amen. Listen, if, if you want to change people, if you really want to be a soul winner, this is what you ought to do. God, make them thirsty. You ain't got to chew people out. You ain't got Bible study them out. If they hungry... Give them the Bible study. If they don't want it, find you a place to pray and say, God, make them so thirsty. Put salt in their mouth. Oh, Jesus. Jesus says that he that believeth on me as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. He's standing at, in the middle of the feast at the last day and they're staring at the water, thinking and symbolizing and wondering. And Jesus says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, 
Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. You know what he was doing? He was getting their mind off of the representation. Getting their eyes off the little creek running past them. And saying, believe on me. If you will believe on me as the scripture has said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. The key is, as the scripture hath said. Praise God. Believing ain't just a little mental electron that jumps from one side to the other. Oh, I'm, I'm a believer. No, he didn't say that. He said, believe on me as the scripture hath said. I'm telling you, belief has a fruit. Spirit of God has fruit. But belief has fruit. And it's called obedience. Let's go. I always preach these things in reverse, I think, because y'all shout in the front and sit down on me at the end. The fruit of believing is obedience. So if you believe on Jesus, as the scripture has said, when he said, repent or you shall all likewise perish. If you're a believer on him, guess what you're going to do? You're going to repent. When Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If you're a believer in Jesus, guess what you're going to do? I need to get baptized. I need to get baptized. (laughs) When Jesus said, except the man is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. If you're a believer in Jesus, you're going to get obedience. Say, I need to get that Holy Spirit you're talking about. You don't believe him if you don't do what he said. And he said... How do you get the flow? Praise God. How do you get the flow? You got to believe on him like the scripture said. Amen. Praise him. I had a little discussion with Brother Booker today. And I uh, had to set him straight on a few little things. But anyway, I'll tell you about it later. Praise God. I was reading a commentary about this day of feast. And on this day of feast, it was the priest. We're the only ones allowed to go get the water out of the pool of Siloam and come back. And they were the ones that poured it out. Well, I got their premier study Bible and I opened it up and read the commentary on that scripture and it said on this last day of the feast all the people would go to the pool of Siloam and they would get water and they'd bring it and they would all pour it out and I said well this other commentary said it was the priest was the only one this one said it was all the people so I asked Brother Booker is it that commentary or you think it's other commentary he said I he said it's the other one I'm going to fix that in that third edition he said it was the priest 
that did it. They were the ones that were allowed to do it. I began to pray. I was thinking about they were the only ones that had the water that could pour it out. Well, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Something beautiful happened on the day that Jesus was on the cross. Because the Bible said when he gave up the ghost, there was darkness upon the lamb for three hours, and the veil ripped from the top to the bottom. The veil that separated the Holy of Holies uh, from the rest of the tabernacle was opened. Uh, and now the place that only the priests were allowed to go and the, th the things that only they were allowed to do, all of a sudden the common people... <laughs> Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. On this day, uh, this three hours of darkness, when it ripped from top to bottom and revealed, opened up the Holy of Holies. Signifying that you and me and everybody, all the Gentiles, uh, we're going to be allowed to walk into that holy place uh, and have the Spirit of God inside of us. Uh, amen. And I begin to pray this afternoon. Uh, amen. And listening to the prophetic words of Jesus, uh, it had not happened yet. He was prophesying, out of your belly shall... You know what he's saying? It's just going to be a few days. And you're not going to have to sit here and watch his priest pour out of this... You're not going to have to sit there and wonder, uh, amen, what this is. Uh, amen, you're not going to be pouring H2O out. Uh, amen, you're not going to have to wait for a sacrament. Uh, you're not going to have to think on symbolism. Uh, there's a day coming in just a few days. What did the Bible say? Yet he spake this of the Holy Ghost. Just a few days. He was saying, Forget all this. I like just plain churches. Uh, forgive me. Praise God. I don't like a bunch of stuff that people start looking at and getting visions in their head of things and decorations. And Praise God. Uh, I love balloons, but I don't want them up here. Amen. I, I love, well, praise God. Amen. I, I love to vacation, see statues of famous people. But I'm not going to put none in here. What, what, Jesus was saying, out of your bellies. What he was saying, out of your most inner part. Just a few days, you're going to be the one encouraging other people. When you walk in the store, I feel, I feel Jesus right now. When you walk into Walmart, there's going to be people feeling a flow come out of you. They're going to detect something coming out that's different than anything I've ever felt. They're going to walk in these church doors and detect something they've never experienced before. Uh, you know what it is? Uh, it's people living the life. Uh, it's people getting on an altar. Not visiting Egypt every weekend. But saying, I'm in the promised land. Uh, I'm going to stay. Uh, I'm going to let it flow. Uh, I'm going to get in the middle of it. Uh, I'm going to get as deep as I can. 
Come on, stand together with me and lift your hands to the Lord. And I wish some people began to pray right now. Hallelujah. 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 Right now, if you got the Holy Ghost or you don't got the Holy Ghost, I want, I want it to happen right now. That for a few moments, that you would just let it flow out of you. I watch people begin to get the Holy Ghost and begin to speak in tongues just a second. And they stop. Watch the power of God begin to fall on people for a moment and then they tighten up, clam up, lock up. And they won't ever let it just flow. What if I told you your neighbor beside you will feel it? What if I told you your lost children would feel it? If you'd quit bottling it up and just let it flow. What if I told you family revival would come to your family? If you'd just let it flow. Come on. Come on, this is biblical church. You need to pray until the Spirit begins to flow. Somebody beside you needs the Holy Ghost. Put your hand on them. Won't you help them pray? And while you're praying for somebody that's downtrodden, somebody that's hurt, somebody disappointed, Somebody going through the trial. Come on. This is the design of God. From your innermost being, church. From your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. It's the Holy Ghost. God is saying from you, from you, from you, from you, you're the vessel. You're the vessel tonight. You're the chosen vessel. Karamahasha. Hela karamaha. Come on for a few minutes, church. Just let it flow. If you'll let it flow, there's no telling where this river will go. It may go all the way to where your lost loved ones are. This river may flow all the way. <laughs> the river could heal the pain, heal the hurt. 
Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, church. Come on, in Jesus' name. I want everybody, as many as can come around the front, would you please come pray? Would you please come help one another? Come on, thirsty. Come on, hungry. A vast supply. Come on, I feel it. Come on, I feel it. God's wanting to fill people with the Holy Ghost. Thank you.